This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 34, Live a Good Story, with Macy Robison. Welcome back to the show. What a delight to be with you week after week. Today is May 15th. Now I'm going to say that, but in full disclosure, we recorded this ahead of time. So as we are speaking at this moment, it is not May 15th. And this was one of our continuing series of episodes we like to call the Hotel Confessionals. Yes, the Hotel Confessionals. And you're going to be introduced to Macy Robinson, which is like such a privilege and an honor to Mm. like have her in our like circle of friendship. She's kind of amazing. She's, She's not kind of. She's amazing and everyone should know her. Yes, for sure. um, But having said that, before we get into the interview and given that it's May 15th and yet as we're recording this, it is still technically April. I just want to say that if this goes live and I am not yet in my house. Can I shave your head? (laughs) Should we have you? I'm going to be in the fetal position in the corner sucking my thumb. So stressed out. Here's what I say. What? I say if you're not in your house by the time this episode goes live, you pitch a tent in the backyard of your home site and you sleep there regardless. Watch me. And I will take videos and bring you hot chocolate and or ice water depending on the temperature. (laughs) It's Arizona. We are in Arizona. It's going to be very, very hot. But it could be cold. You just never know. It's going to be hot and we better be in our house. But this, you know, this isn't about the house. This is all about Macy. We have lots of important things to talk about with living a good story. So before we get into that, uh, let's share a quick um, review from iTunes because you guys keep leaving these amazing reviews. So we have another one to share. And we want you to keep leaving them. Again, we read every single review and reviews are what podcasts live and die by. So please, please, please keep the reviews coming. They don't have to be long. They can just be very short, but keep the reviews coming. We love them. Absolutely. And this week's review is from JC Brooke. You want to read it for us, Beck? Oh, sure. Okay. She says, I love this podcast. I look forward to it every single Wednesday. They are so fun to listen to and have awesome guest speakers like today. There have been a few episodes that I didn't think would really apply to me, but I still listened to them and ended up getting so much out of them. Ultimately, at the end of every episode, I am uplifted and want to do a little better. Thanks, girls, for a great podcast. Well, thank you, JC. I want to be a little bit better of a podcaster by reading your review. You know what's really kind of interesting about that Hmm. um, that just was popping into my mind as I was reading it is that um, I feel like my personal experience, and I'm sure yours too, is as we record each episode, we really do feel like just recording the episode Mm -hmm. makes us work on being a little better because we're talking about it. Oh, for sure. So it better be like really happening in our lives. Really happening in our we lives. Make yes. Up. <laughs> That's true. Making up would be dishonest. So yeah, as we Serious. as we prepare content and topics, we really are working on these things in our own lives and bringing mm-hmm. to you the experiences we have with this. So, before we get rolling with this amazing episode and introduce you to the beautiful Macy, let's hear a word from this week's sponsor. Do you know what really sets my soul on fire? Seeing good people who feel directed toward a mission go after it with everything they have. Chris and Britt of Do Good, Be Kind are those kind of people. They began Do Good, Be Kind to spread a message of empowering kids and the rest of us to create goodness in whatever our sphere of influence is. At dogoodbekind.life, you can see their stylish line of soft apparel, hats, stickers, and also that collaborative notebook that we did together. It's sold out in our 
our shop, but you can totally find it in theirs. Chris and Britt talk about their apparel as being a team uniform for doing good and being kind. We both have suited our families up months ago, and this apparel is some of our kids' favorite. We are all proudly part of the Do Good Be Kind team and couldn't be more happy about applying the things that Do Good Be Kind has shared with us. You can listen to episode 17 to hear Chris and Britt talk all about this and then you can visit dogoodbekind.life to join the team of people who are working together to make the world a much kinder place to be. Be sure to use code BECKY10 to save 10% on your purchase and you can use that code every time you shop. Not to make you blush right off the bat, <laughs> but, and I know you're going to agree with me, Macy, you're like the newest best friend that I didn't even know I didn't have. That's Macy's so the team captain. She is. With the varsity like, letter. But of what does that even mean? Now, the best lights. friend comment, you get what I mean, like, just because we've connected so quickly mm-hmm. and like, I don't know why we're not neighbors and what the heck with that you're in Texas and we're in Arizona. We both fine, live in fine. hot places. I feel like yeah. that makes we're us bond. We're both sweating. Yeah. Under our bras together yes, profusely. That works. It I does. feel good about it. No, but yeah. really though, but the Macy's, team captain comment. Yeah, team like captain. So yes. you know, as as we're doing this podcast and we talk a lot about kind of light seeking light and as we meet women and people and, and really more me as I'm introduced into this world of you know, I hate to like influencers, but really this know, influencer word, world, there are certain people that I meet that I'm just like, my soul just calls to the light that they have. And Macy's one of those people. Absolutely. And you're the team captain of like the light seeking people. Like, I just feel like you are so awesome. Thank you. So, I'm so grateful to to know you and, and to have met you and to introduce our listeners to yeah, you. Thank I you. feel the same way for sure. I feel like I just tried to interrupt you four times in a row. That was really awkward. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm fine with it. I'm it's deeply okay. so sorry. You don't ever have rudeness. to apologize. I know. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, then suck it. Then you <laughs> Am I going to have to re-record this no, part? No, that one was okay, I think. <laughs> okay, so let's let you, Macy, if you will, if you will introduce um, yourself to our listeners. You are not only brand new to us, but for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what the reference is that Becky was saying, like team captain, because, I mean, listen, the way that you were introduced to us by Natalie Norton, our common friend, I mean, you 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 sound you sounded immediately like this like mentor in her life, which, by the way, she's married to Richie. Right. Right? And, and right. we haven't even discussed that yet, which right. we don't need right. to. I mean, we can talk about her behind her back. We can. <laughs> right? We can do that. <laughs> For she sure. literally doesn't have a clue in this very moment that we're talking about her. And I'm being totally serious because she's in this room while we're recording. Let's just be honest right now. She <laughs> seriously doesn't have a clue still at this moment, you guys. This is so good. Oh, there she is. There, there she is. is. <laughs> Oh, she's so oh, mad she right now. She's going to play that with her response. Okay, so anyway, so she's married to Richie. My point is, like, he mentors people also. And Natalie herself mentors people. Mm-hmm. And yet, enter Macy. Okay, now, you and the mic, talk to us. Like, I what like is this? this is Bring the most it. crazy setup I've ever had. That is very kind. Um, what, the, I, the purple hotel room? Yes. Like, well, what? I just feel like well, you just said influencer. <laughs> and actually, I heard my friend Meg talk yesterday about... We have, we all have influence, but the important thing is to be an advocate mm. for other people that there's more power in that word. And I mm. feel like that's that. sort of, that sort of always felt like what I need to do 
here. And is what to try, you innately do, don't try you to think, be an Maisie? advocate and a yeah. coach for other people and help yeah. other people get their voice out in the world. So as far as me, um, I live in Austin, Texas. I'm a mom uh, to two. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a stepmom to two, and I have. They're both married, and so I am actually a grandma. Oh, married I love to a it. grandpa. See, we're learning these. We didn't four. know that. Hottest um, grandma I've ever seen. That's basically. so nice. They call me Mimi, which I think is so Aww. fun. Oh, I love it. Um, and I am also a donut enthusiast and mm, love nice. Sonic Crush Ice. So those are all the things you need to know about me, like oh. logistically. I'm have sorry. you ever tried Leonard Leonard's Leonard's Malasadas in no. Oahu? No, I, I am can. not a donut person, and I would trade one of my children for a dozen of those okay. donuts. Like it <laughs> good was so good. Oh, I shouldn't even wear it out. I, I'm going to be hungry. One, hypothetically speaking, find you get it in one such... place. Okay, the island of Oahu. Well, I know someone to visit there, so right? I will go get some. That sounds perfect. And I will come that with you because, amazing. man, now I'm thinking about it. Oh, now it's like when you watch you diners, drive-ins, and dives late <gasps> yeah. at night, and you're like, why did I do it? Like, feed me that food. I can't have a lobster roll for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, yeah, it's... I live in Austin, and yeah. um, as far as what I do, I've always been a storyteller. I grew up singing. Um, I was a music dance theater major at BYU. Um, I was in a group there called Young Ambassadors and got to tour with them Mm -hmm. um, and then got my degree in music education and started to teach. Um, And I've just always loved the storytelling aspect of music and singing. That translated into photography. Um, I was a photographer for several years and loved um, working with families to to bring their light out and tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause isn't that what it is? It really is. And I had a pretty strong connection to photography. Um, and we can talk about this if you guys want to. My mom passed away very suddenly when I was 26 years old mm. and two weeks prior to that, we'd had family pictures taken for the first time in years. Oh, guys. And so glad with did. everybody. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even express the gift that was to our family to have those recent pictures of of all of us together. And it was one of those things that had we known, we would have, like we went on a trip to Hawaii together. Mm-hmm. Had we known, we would have done that anyway. We would have gotten family pictures taken. We would have done all yeah. these things. And it was a knee scope and a just totally routine surgery yeah. and blood clot. And um, that just kind of cemented my love for documenting mm-hmm. what matters most and telling mm-hmm. those stories. And and so it was like doomed to fail as a business from the start because I just couldn't charge people for that opportunity to get their families oh, together and get, get wow. moms in the picture. Yeah, um, But still you know, developed a skill set there of, of taking people's photos. And then, um, I feel like I, I heard, uh, there's a woman named Marie Forleo that's a business coach. And yeah. I heard her say once, uh, that everything's figure outable. Mm. And I think she has a book coming out with that name. And that's sort of what I've always done. Had to figure out how to build a website, figured it out, mm-hmm. had other friends that needed that help, figured it out for them. Mm. Um, and then a couple of years ago, uh, came across a framework called the story brand marketing framework and Guys, started to use that in my business. Story brand. Mm-hmm. Seriously. We're big fans of it's story so brand. Good. Yes. So good. Yeah. Started to use that in my, I was working, um, for a publishing company with their events at the time, started to use that in the marketing of that event. Um, and had a big sales year with that. Anyway, started using my business and I sort of felt like everything I'd ever learned about story and why things matter and what's important kind of galvanized around this framework of Mm. you're showing up as the guide to help other people live a better story and to use that in your business was so powerful. Um, and that's what I do for businesses and what I'm trying to do in my life a little bit more. You say that almost sheepishly like you're not sure maybe I have value I know that's not what you feel but like but like you own it I I need to do a better that's why I think the the sheepish part comes from the personal part of my life you know what I mean like I feel like you sometimes we show up really well 
in some areas of our life and feel like we have value and know that we can stand on our own two feet and say, I can help you solve this problem. And then, but you feel the imposter syndrome of, right. Mm. But I just don't always figure that out in my own life. Like, yeah. So a story around a lot of what we talk about is finding clarity, right? Clarity is, is so important. The human mind is drawn toward a clear message and knowing who you are and, and all of that is so important. Um, and that, that lets have everything else that doesn't matter filter away and I don't always do the best job of finding that clarity in my own life Isn't and in my own daily Isn't practice. it like the shoemaker's children are barefoot always. kind of syndrome? I mean, mm-hmm. really, though, yes, a hundred times yes. It's so much harder to take those things and kind of be introspective. Like, it's much easier to have clarity about other people's gifts and mm-hmm. message and light. And it is almost a harder practice to really turn that on ourselves and and to recognize the same thing, which is why you surround yourself with awesome people who right. will tell you and force you to hear you and go. shove down your throat the light that you are <laughs> until you just know it in every cell of your body. I'm going to ask a question yeah. as we transition from... Inter- oh, wait, hold on. Before what? we transition, I'm going to interrupt Rebecca. Okay. Really? Fun fact about Macy. I think this is really interesting. Oh. So I actually met Macy at a conference quite a few years ago. Okay. And I just made this connection because what you don't know is... Macy is a very, very gifted performer. As you were talking about your experience with Young Ambassadors, which is a a really elite and prestigious group, um, I actually saw Macy perform where she was doing storytelling Mm -hmm. through musical theater, and which was great because I remember being at that conference and and hearing her voice and her presentation and her storytelling and. I would have never connected that, but when she said, oh, I used to do this at this conference, I thought, I remember, I remember what you did, and I wow. remember how that made me feel, and I think it's so cool when you're able to, like, that piece that together, because I didn't circle. remember you, but I remembered your message, and I remembered oh, what your you. message made me feel in that moment, and that, man, that is... That's incredible. That's where it's at. Well, so I thank think you that's for the importance that. of telling a story, right? Yeah. I had, um, I, I mentioned my mom passing away, um... And, and I'd always wanted to be a mom and had a wonderful mom and then, you know, went through a terrible first marriage. And um, I think in, in that presentation, I called him Rusty Armor. thought he was the knight in shining <laughs> yes, armor, but nice. it turned out his armor was really rusty. Yes. Oh, my um, God. And sometimes you find yourself in those situations mm-hmm. where you just don't think anybody understands what you're yes. going through. But when we tell each other our stories and show up for each other in our stories, like we just, you can say, I've been through this. You've mm-hmm. been through this. We connect over this. And and you feel less alone and that that performance was a just an amazing opportunity to take that hard stuff that I'd been through and tell it in a way that didn't make anybody I hope feel sorry for me but helped them recognize the the story and the humanity and the importance in what I remember feeling through. hopeful because mm. oh, actually thanks. that was a time in my life looking back thinking kind of as the years because we think it was like 2011-ish yeah um I was actually like in a kind of postpartum phase mm. of life. And so I went to that conference kind of as like, oh, I need something. I need hope. I need light. I, I remember like being in that headspace going just like so desperate to be like fed. And I totally connected that. I totally connected with the hope that it was awesome. That's oh, incredible. This, I'm glad that you interrupted me to make that connection because actually the question that I wanted to ask you, Macy, before, as we transitioned from this introductory, mm-hmm. you know, portion to like more, more of the message that you're going to share with us today. The question I had is as you walked us through 
how you go from performing to this, to that, to the other. Um, and you, you mentioned all of that connected to storytelling Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of our listeners, um, care about their own version of storytelling in a way that is documenting with pictures and, and, um, stories and connecting them and things like that. And I don't know they might call themselves a, a documenter or a scrapbooker or a journaler or a, put a label on it. I don't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't matter. Right. But I don't know how much of the storytelling component people connect with. And I, and I hope that people are more and more as we talk, that they are really connecting with that they are storytelling. So the question that I have for you is, did you notice and acknowledge at the time, like in the moment that you were, say, doing your – in your – later teen years or early Mm -hmm. 20s or college or whatever, did you identify with performing as storytelling then? Or is it a retrospective acknowledgement that over the years you're like, oh, storytelling has been important to me all along. And yeah, 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 that that connected to that Mm -hmm. and that connected Mm -hmm. to it. Which which was it for you? That is an awesome question. And I think it was actually a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I think when I started realizing that I loved performing. I grew up playing tennis as well. So I was singing and I was playing tennis and I loved both things. And there came a point where I had to choose. And the thing that was the big draw was the opportunity to tell stories and to share what I felt was a gift I'd been given stewardship over with people to tell those stories. So, and the reason for that, I think my mom, um, knew that we loved to sing. She did a really good job of like facilitating our talents and our gifts when we were kids. When you say we, you mean like my, my you siblings. siblings. I should have said that. Yeah, sure. my siblings. I'm mm-hmm. the oldest of three. Okay. Um, and if we were interested in something, we had the chance to do it. Cool. But she also paired that with, um, I feel like teaching us that those gifts didn't come from us. They came from something else. Mm. And to me, that's what humility is, is understanding like where your gifts come from and knowing that you need to share them. That you're a steward of that. You're a steward of that. And so she would drag us around to every single rest home and nursing home in our area. Every month we were performing in a different place. Oh wow. And she would, you know, like and it was funny, it was like a little bit stage mommy like gypsy, Uh like get out uh there and perform (laughs) and do the thing and do the actions and smile. But she would have us go talk to people and connect with people who didn't get a chance to see their grandkids all the time and That's and to so see cool. how much they loved it and that that was the purpose of the gift and the talent was to connect with other people and to share that moment and to share that story with them. So I felt I feel like I always had this really strong connection with that idea of, yeah, everybody's important and they want to be seen and you have the opportunity to do that through the stories you tell, through the songs that they sing. Because the songs we would sing would remind them of their grandkids or would remind totally. them, like they were having this whole other experience that had nothing to do necessarily with me personally. It was what they were feeling. And I, I think that's what I loved about the conference that you mentioned, Becky, is that I was singing songs and I was singing about my own story. But when you write a song or sing a song or tell a story, the person that's listening or you write a book, like it's not yours anymore. They're the people you share it with are having their own experience right. with it. And I think that's what's what bonds us together. It's very profound it. when you think about it. And, I love that like yeah. representation of, of, of a talent or a gift 
being an, an external thing and not mm-hmm. an internal thing because it is true. You know, we were talking about you're not supposed to hide your light under a bushel, but really what does that mean, right? The gift, if you keep it for yourself, it's not it's not yours. Like, it's right? Not. It's not yours to keep and hoard and hide. and Or it was never yours to begin exa- with. Yeah, and recognizing that it's not even maybe something you created. Mm-hmm. It was something that you were given. And things that you're given are meant to be shared and they're meant to be um, – providing light and hope and and happiness Mm -hmm. that's why you're given it and if you don't use it that way oftentimes it diminishes right right it does it does so yeah I think it was a both and like just realizing that early on thank you for thinking Mm -hmm. about that with me because I just I think as you were talking about it and because I didn't know the answer to your question it has me pondering um, about my own life experiences and how much I recognized whatever fill in the blank during the time and how much I recognized things about it that were special mm-hmm. retrospectively. And both are fantastic. There's not yeah. like, mm-hmm. which way should we do it? That's not the point. It's more just like, how about we all take a moment and connect with our past experiences mm-hmm. and what we're currently going through right now and try to connect some dots and acknowledge that they are all for good yeah all of these experiences point to the shaping and molding of our lives and the stories that we get to tell the story of our life and that's why I'm so excited that you're going to be talking more about and your professional training by the way Mm -hmm. with Donald Miller yeah yeah like that like and how that connects to everything you know it's interesting and um before I like really turn this over to you with that topic Becky and I have both individually been pointed to Donald Miller and he his, his podcast is building a story building brand. a story mm-hmm. brand which I think he also has a book and yes. he has a program I mean yep. like all the things right mm-hmm. but um, I have appreciated so much on a professional level the wisdom that I am gaining from listening to him um, talk through some of this but what I love is and what you're about to share is this isn't we're this isn't about business. Uh, you can apply all of this to business if you do happen to have sure. a business. I happen to have a business, and I appreciate the value that it adds to that area of my life. But, man, listen up, because these principles that you're about to share with all of us really, truly apply to all areas of life. So, what? yeah, yeah what are some of the thoughts that you have about all of this storytelling and yeah. how it ties in. So as far as it relates to story brand, and I, I, we can talk a little bit about that more in a second, but the idea that as a business, and I'll start there because it's easiest because it's sure. a business mm-hmm. framework, is that um, the mind, well, story is an organizing feature, right? Just like the with music, which we've been talking about a little bit, um, music is just organized noise. Noise subjected to rules. And story is kind of similar. It's words subjected to rules. That's a narrative subjected to rules. And we think that, you know, there's only a few different kinds of story frameworks, right? Um, and, and there are rules that they follow. And, and that it's a, been a mechanism that's been around for years. Like we, sh- we pass stories down. We've done it for years. That's how we teach. That's how we share. Um, and just in terms of your business, Um, instead of telling the story of your business, like I started this business 20 years ago and this is how I'm so awesome. The whole, the whole, I think my favorite part of story brand is that, um, you get to show up as the guide Mm -hmm. for your customers instead of being the hero. And if you can do that in a clear way, because the brain is drawn toward clarity and away from confusion using this framework of a story 
which, you know, there's a character who has a problem, who meets a guide, which is you, who calls them to action, gives them a plan and, and points them toward success or shows them what failure will look like. You're inviting them into a narrative of transformation. And I feel like it works really well with a business. It's a beautiful thing. But the thing a lot of people don't know about Donald and StoryBrand is that whole framework came from he has a book called a thousand miles in a million years. I think I always hmm. mix them. It's either a million miles in a thousand years or a thousand, a thousand something, a, a million, thousand miles in a million. Yeah. Google Donald Miller and thousand miles, million years. But he had this experience where he looked around at his life and felt like he wasn't living a good story. Hmm. He was single. He was older. He was overweight. He just, you know, just, and was just depressed mostly about his life and wasn't living a good story and decided he took these ideas from, from screenwriting. And chose to, like, put them in his life and live a better story. Like, what's the climactic ending? What's the, what's the happy ending that I want to achieve mm. for myself? And I'm going to start working toward every day, a little bit every day, moving toward that happy ending. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of grew out of this idea of how can I live a better story? Started teaching some workshops around that idea. And they weren't filling up. Hmm. The workshops weren't filling up. But then people would come and have this amazing experience. Um, and so he started using story in a business manner. But the thing that I love about it is it grew out of this place of personal growth that we all want to live a better story. And the way that we can do that is get clear about what we want the happy ending to be and moving step by step every day a little bit closer to that. And I like the way that, that he remarkable? talks about it because sometimes yes. I feel like we become we lose our power when we feel like we are given a story. We sure. are we have a set system of parameters or circumstances or whatever and to break outside of that just isn't possible what I like about about that story loop is that you are in control yeah like you yeah. dictate your story you can take all those things and circumstances and create what you want because it puts you back in a position of acting and not being acted, acted upon, upon. Yep, I agree Yep, exactly. And that, you know, sometimes you are given things that, even when you are given things that, you know, are acting upon you, you still have a choice. You still have an opportunity. But you have power in that. You, you have, have power you, that. you are not powerless to the things that are happening. And we forget that so often. We give up our opportunity that we have to choose and to tell that story and to just shift toward where we want to be. So that's, you know, getting clear about that, getting clear about who we are, who we can help, how we show up for them, and then taking steps every day moving toward that climactic scene or happy ending um i just think is a really great framework for how to show up and live your life so how does one kind of take those steps for them with themselves right like mm -hmm. let, let's say they're they're not they're not gonna you know commission a personal coach or they're not sure. gonna read a book even mm -hmm. right or even listen to the podcast but how how could one after listening to this episode of the podcast today just kind of take a couple of steps in that direction of of creating that narrative and owning their story to have a positive effect on the choices that they're making. I'm glad you asked me that. That's actually what I'm trying to do. And so I feel mm. like I'm not showing up as the expert in this piece oh, of the personal part, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like I can take this and turn your business around. Um, but in terms, I just recently realized the thing that I love about frameworks and the thing that I love about eternal truths is they can transfer to different situations. And yes. I just realized like the thing that I love about the story brand framework and the reason it works in businesses from like Chick-fil-A, which they use it yeah. to a woman who I worked with about a year ago who sells tarot cards, mm. uh, which 
you know, mm-hmm. I, it's not a, it's not a product I'd worked with. I didn't have any experience with it. I just happened to have not, but it still worked for her. Like that, that thing, it was, it, it's a true principle and it transfers in business. So it transfers to my life as well. And that's what I'm trying to work through for myself, actually, to be honest, is getting clear about what I am here to do, who I am here to help. What do I want that happy ending of my life to be? What do I value most? What do I care about most? And then figuring out, I recently read a book. I'm kind of a book junkie uh, by a man named James Clear called Atomic Habits. And he talks in that about getting 1% better each day Mm -hmm. and the, the mathematical exponential effect of that getting 1% better Hmm. each day. Um, you can, I can't even remember the numbers, but it's a really great book, but that's doable. Yeah, please do. It's, it's uh there's, and there's a chart in there where it talks about if you get 1% better each day, it's like the compound interest principle that you hear about with money, that it's the compound interest that these habits have on your life, like moving toward a climactic scene, a happy ending, a big goal. You can't get there right away, but if you put in the commitment every day toward that slow growth, and I'm terrible at that, and I know the good things grow slow. Um, I don't but- think, without knowing you very long, I don't think you're actually terrible about it. I think that you perceive. <laughs> I think you're hard on yourself. I probably yeah, am. I, mean, come on, I run coach. toward a lot of deadlines, and I feel like, um, you know, I, I I think everybody's like this. You have to learn things over and over again. Um, but, Truth. But that's why I, I've really liked this, is to think through this idea of, you know, every day, every day, try to What's get a little better. What's really cool that goes along with that, that we were talking about earlier, and I know that you wanted to speak to this too, is that when you do get more clear mm-hmm. about your purpose, what happens naturally to some of the other stuff? I like yeah. to call them weeds. You know, we did an episode mm-hmm. all noise, about weeding the, the garden. Yes. Like, like yeah. it, it just naturally um, helps you to eliminate a lot of the noise and the stuff that just doesn't matter. Do you want to speak a little bit to that idea yeah. and that principle? Yeah, it helps you make decisions about what is for you and what is not. Mm-hmm. Because me. they're all that, and that's the thing. Like, I almost don't like the weeds because it it, it kind of gives this thought that like it's bad stuff, and it's like the obviously good and the obviously bad. Really, I've been in times where I have found in my life a whole lot of good, yeah, and it's all good, but it's not all the right in the right time. Well, and sometimes and it becomes overgrown. Exactly. I think that's the visual yes, that exactly. I created yes. in my mind with yep. weeds and weeding well, the and garden. Well, and maybe like the yeah, the visual of like if you have vegetables that are all bearing fruit and delicious mm-hmm. close together, it's going to diminish the fruit production Absolutely. of the entire crop, right? And yeah. Yes, some Ooh. weeds are really beautiful. They really are, like legitimately. Right. But you're right, like an overplanted bed can't grow well. Right. Mm-hmm. And and really it's the soil that needs to be nourished. And I um you know, I, I have a, a good friend back in Austin. He is the um, director of a beautiful place near us called the Wildflower Center the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Ooh, and he talks a lot name. about um how the soil is what needs to be nourished. Um, when you're growing plants and I think about that a lot because dirt is we think dirt is gross and terrible and you know it's it's often but the best dirt the best soil has been there for years and it's got all these nutrients from past growing seasons and I don't know like but if you cram everything into that garden and try to um and you're not clear about what it is you want to put in that place. Like the mm-hmm. whole garden isn't as beautiful as it could be and doesn't produce what you want it to produce. Mm. So you really do need to be clear and to prune. And, you know, this is where we want the blue bonnets to go. This is where we want this other mm-hmm. thing to go so that all together you can create a more beautiful life for well, yourself. Well, it reminds me of the book. We reference it all the time, but Essentialism. Love that book. Oh, goodness. Love, it's my love, love. Favorite. Isn't it? And the, the thing best. about yeah. that book, 
so many moments that like slapped me right upside the head. But I remember I was driving my daughter to soccer practice and I was listening to it and, and they said, it's really a, a place of selfishness to think that you're the only one who can do all the things, mm-hmm. who can do, you're the only one who can do this task or without you, it just would crumble and fall. Right. And that was such an aha moment for me because I have a lot of really good things that I'm good at in my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the only one. Like we get, I think I get in that space of like, if I don't show up, no one's going to show up or they're not going to do it the same way that I would do it. And so it's not as, it's not as good. And it keeps you in that perpetual motion that sometimes we almost comfort ourselves Mm -hmm. with. And that moment was like, wait a minute. I have a specific job to do, so I need to figure out what my job to do is. Right. And I don't have to – other people's jobs are none of my business because if I know at the core of who I am what my role is and what I am supposed to be doing, I don't need to worry about I yeah, need to keep my true. nose out of other people's business and have faith that they're going to do their jobs. Well, and hope- if they don't, That's it's Okay. okay. Well, and I, that back to the idea of singing, we talked a little bit about, I think before we started recording the idea of singing, I used to teach singing. I used to, you know, be a singer and what makes a choir beautiful is everybody's voices all together. But if you try to sound like somebody else, you're not going to sound like yourself. And that idea of clarity to me, when I think about a beautiful sound or a beautiful tone, one of the ways it's often described is as clear it's a clear tone. It's a ringing tone. It's when you hear someone sing and they do a really good job, it's almost like it just cuts through the noise mm. because that sound wave is so clean and that voice is so clear. And that's really hard to produce, but it's so important to, oh, I'm, I'm losing my metaphor here. I apologize. Let me back up. Um, I, when I started singing, people wanted me to teach singing lessons and it really frustrated me because I didn't know how to teach someone else how to make a clear sound. Mm-hmm. Good point. And I didn't want to hurt someone's voice. We only have one set of vocal cords. So I went to BYU, Brigham Young University in Provo, to work with a man named Clayne Robison, who is an amazing singer. And when I was at school there, I felt like he was an amazing singer, but I didn't feel like he could teach me how to sing better. Like, he couldn't describe why he was such a good singer either hmm. and got frustrated with it, I feel like, and, and went and figured it out. And there's really only three things. You've got to stand up tall and have good posture. You've got to make sure you get a good breath and then you've got to shape the vowel in a way that allows the sound to ring because your body is a musical instrument like any other musical instrument. And if you're standing up tall and your bones are stacked on, on themselves, like they're supposed to be the muscles and the bones and everything can ring true. And you can have this resonance that, uh, that just lets the sound go. And I think when I'm clear about my own life, I think that's why this idea of clarity resonates so much with me. Um, Because when I'm doing what I need to be doing, I'm clear about my life. I'm clear about my message. I'm clear about what I need to be doing to become better each day. My, my body when I'm singing amplifies the sound Mm. and that clarity can amplify the message or the, the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And and that affects other people and helps me be an advocate for other people and helps us advocate, advocate for each other. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it just makes sense. It just makes sense to my brain. Yeah. I, I don't know that. if that made well, sense. Well, no, and that's but... how oh, it, it sure is, does. is when you hear something, um, you recognize, like there's something inside you that recognizes it as yeah. truth. And we say right? it rings true. And mm-hmm. that, that idea of an instrument and a tuning fork, like it's something that rings true. Mm-hmm. We resonate with each other. Like a lot of the, a lot of the words that we use to describe the way we feel 
um, when something is clear or something is true actually have to do with music. That's interesting. I mm-hmm. never really identified that. Isn't that interesting? That really is so true. Yeah. That really is. Of course, that would make sense. That to is you. interesting. But it's funny that I wouldn't notice that before yeah. now. Yeah. Well, it's because it's Macy. It's Macy. <laughs> Look at her go. I mean, the wisdom. The wisdom that's pouring out. It's like really, it's profound when you think about it. Um, you know, you also have really tied a lot of this together as we were discussing it earlier in terms of showing up in your life, mm-hmm. uh, which ties into the decisions that you make, which ties into a lot of different things. But like, maybe that would be a good way to kind of tie a bow on all of this that we're discussing is what, what do you feel is something that resonates the most with you or that you've helped people through, um, in, in terms of showing up, like really, like wrapping your head around all of this and and owning your story and showing up and not hiding behind you know hurt and experiences mm-hmm. what what other kind of thoughts do you have to hmm. that's a really good question um i think the most important thing that we can do for each other around that is take the time to understand the experiences that we've had so that we can share them in a way that allows us to show up as a guide for other people and help other people and, um, and help them get to where they need to be. Because I think that's where our purpose is most keenly felt when is when we can show up for each other, but I don't think you can show up for other people in a way. Um, I don't think you can show up for people without knowing what your gifts are and who you are. Mm. And so getting clear about that and taking the time to understand that, allows you to like, I, I sat up, I, I know that this is not she, video, she but literally like just sat up to that idea of like, yeah, standing up, having good posture when you're singing and, and mm-hmm. like that there's steps yeah. to take to me, that idea of knowing who you are, knowing what you're about, knowing that there's going to be stuff that comes up in your life that maybe doesn't make sense, but that you can make sense of it and that it will serve a purpose for someone else. Um, that, that to me is the way I feel like I can best show up. Well, and you know what? Let's be clear about, you know, showing up and being a guide for someone. I want yeah. to be clear that that doesn't mean that you need to be an expert. Not at all. In something. That's well, and not that's what point. I love about the term guide is we right. talk yes. so much. In fact, Becky and I today were like tasked with manning an expert desk on mm-hmm. podcasting. And we were joking yesterday, like, well, dang, we better become experts like in the next 12 hours. <laughs> We've been called right? experts. We but will like become when them. someone yes. says expert or mentor or I love guide mm-hmm. because guide feels to me like an accessible term and really as a way that all of us as humans, maybe especially as women, need to be walking throughout our life. Right. And right? the thing I love that about guide that, mentality. I, some of my clients, you know, I feel like the story brand framework is going back to the business works really well. When you have a product, it's very clear to say, this is the problem it solves. This is how it works. This is how we show up as a guide and we help you. But a lot of my clients are people that are selling services or yeah. they're influencers, like we talked about yeah. a little bit earlier. And the best way I think they can show up as a guide, two ways actually. I talk to them a lot about, if you think of Dorothy on the Yellow Brick Road, mm-hmm. and she's a few steps ahead of her little clan of, you know, her little group and guiding them toward, whoa, oh. <laughs> I talked with my hands and I knocked something down. I'm so sorry. 
guiding okay. them toward where they that was clearly an you important point. You dropped it point. like it I was dropped hot. the she mic. Sure did. Fine. That's what you just heard. No, guiding them toward that Emerald City, that happy ending where they needed to be, and they were a few steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Or you know, sometimes a guide has already been to the Emerald City and they're coming back to get you mm. and they're taking you there. So mm, like, I love that. They, you don't have to be an expert in everything, but you know, Dorothy was an expert on the Yellow Brick Road, and right, that's kind of how right. you know, in business, you can show up for one another. We can show up for one another in that as well. And I think that's what I love about story is it allows me when I tell a story of something I've been through to guide someone through something that they've gone through. Like Mm -hmm. I've had friends who my husband and I have have both been divorced and we joke, it's not a mean joke, but we just kind of have noticed that when we get a phone call, can we come talk to the two of you that (laughs) something is going on in someone's personal life that they feel like they can confide in us and we can show up for a guide as a guide for them in that area. Or if someone has a, a loved one pass away, my father was a funeral director. And then, you know, I had this experience with my mom dying and I can be a, I can't be an expert in everything, but I can be a guide mm-hmm. in that area. And I think we sometimes don't want to step up and help others if we don't feel like we can do the very best or be the very best expert, but by just being there and offering the wisdom that we have and the story that we have to share, we can really do that. And well, don't you find also that a lot of people hesitate being the guide in situations when they don't feel comfortable being vulnerable? Yes. That's a that's another like hold back. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a like, and we've who talked am I about to do this, this before. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. But also just embarrassment or shame mm-hmm. or whatever you want to associate with it. But we've talked about this before where that that ability to be vulnerable and that ability, it's not about airing your dirty laundry, but when you have a very personal opportunity, for example, to connect with someone, to help guide them Mm -hmm. through something that you do know something about, that is powerful. It is powerful. And valuable. It is. And a way to love. Right. And if you feel like you're not an expert, because I'm sure everyone out there is like, I'm not even capable of being a guide. Some of the most powerful moments I have had with people guiding me professionally, personally, have shown up just as a person to stand beside me, mm-hmm. sometimes silently, and lay their hand on my arm and say, I know. Well, and that's what a true guide does, right? right? If you think about guide figures in a movie like Dumbledore showing up for Harry Potter or Yoda showing up for Luke Skywalker, they just show up out of nowhere and they have this wisdom to offer. And we're all heroes in our own story looking for a guide to help us win the day. And I think the greatest gift we can give someone else is to show up for someone else and help them win the day. The guide is the most powerful, not the most powerful, the most, yeah, the most it's secure, the point, really. powerful, yeah. like knowledgeable person in the story. And and we can do that for other people and we can show up and, and do that. Secure is a good word, by the way, because yeah. when you say that, I feel safe. Right. Well, and when we're when someone in a business, when someone is playing the role of the hero in their business, they're talking about all the amazing things they've done, mm-hmm. how much they can help you, how great they are. And when you get that energy from someone, it's sort of you lean back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but when someone's showing up to guide you and has has a way to help you solve your problem, mm-hmm. you want to know more, you want to lean in. And this hero is it's really true. the most insecure, other than a victim in a story, if we're talking about story architecture, the victim is the only um, ca- character that's more weak mm-hmm. than the hero. At the beginning of the story, the hero is unsure, un- like afraid, insecure, doesn't know what they're doing. They have a problem, and a guide shows up to help them win the day. 
And then at the end, you know, you see Mr. Miyagi tip the hat, you, you know, like Dumbledore's in the background, like clapping yeah. for you. Like you get to, and you get to do that for people too. And that's a really rewarding, fun experience. It's what I loved about teaching, to be honest, I, having yeah. a chance to teach and watch kids transform as they were singing and it's doing amazing. all those things. It's really, really amazing. So part of cultivating a good life is being willing to not just show up in your own life, but to show up in ways that allow you to be the guide mm-hmm. in I think someone so. else's life. Not everybody's life. You don't have to be everybody's guide. You can't be everybody's guide. You can't guide. be everybody's guide. And That's it's important point. to yeah. realize that you you can't be. You shouldn't try yeah. to be. Um, again, back to business. I talk to businesses a lot about you know if you want to create a magnetic brand, you have to be willing to attract and to repel. There's two sides to a magnet. And it's, oh, I love that. You know, it's the that same so with everything. True. There's opposition mm. in everything. And that's, that's and true we, in life. We want to bring everybody to us and we don't have the capacity or the ability or the expertise to help everybody in our business. And it's the same in our lives. If we're showing up as a guide for someone, I'm not the right guide for everybody. I don't have the right personality. I don't have the right experiences. But if I'm willing to show up with, with you know, authenticity and empathy and vulnerability for the people that I can help... It's such a beautiful experience. That is awesome. Thank you. Macy. What a gift. Thank you. And Seriously. Macy, thank you for taking that that thing inside you and your willingness to be a guide. Because for the people you're guiding, you are that beacon of hope and clarity and helping them to to reach their fullest potential. And what a gift you are giving people. Oh, that's nice. So, thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for being on the show. Thanks Thank for, you for having thanks me. Thanks for being our new best friend. Thanks I'm for being so, our team captain. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is just making my day. I love it. <laughs> thanks for guiding a lot of people, including ourselves and those who are listening. And, and as a reminder to all of you um, that are listening, we are cheering you on. We're advocating for you. We, we hope that our role as a guide of many guides probably in your mm-hmm. life, that you really do feel um, understood and heard and supported and loved. And you've got this, like the things that you're going through are preparing you for other things that are even greater that are coming. And that's why we're talking. That's why we have these conversations. Absolutely. So Macy, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation, for adding your light and for being our new best friend. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Do you know what really sets my soul on fire? Seeing good people who feel directed toward a message. We're just going to start that again. Okay. Do you I, know how what? You do, how you doing there? Just a little tongue tied. <laughs> just a slight bit tongue tied. You excited? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Did you hear that? That was my stomach. Oh, <gasps> they're fighting. Okay. <laughs> For Delight. attention.